Today's episode is with my friend, a gospel queen, a counselor, a pastor, a podcaster, a mother, and a wife who I have looked up to for over a decade now, Miss Janice Gaines. She is the best kind of life coach. I am so excited for y'all to learn from her and love her like I do. So let's get to my girl, Janice Gaines. Oh my gosh, you guys, I am so excited to share with you this person sitting across from me. Mm. Her name is Janice Gaines, and she is an angel walking the earth. You're sweet. We met Lord. 2000. What year was that? Nine, eight. I was about to say, it must have been. Was it at CeCe's house or were y'all at? It was at CeCe's house. I want to say 2000, maybe 10. Yeah, it was 10. Yeah. Man. Over a decade. A decade. Girl. A decade. And we've done different churches, yeah. different lives, yeah. you know, but like always, we always circle back and always find each other. Yes, yes. And, and it's, it's always pleasant and lovely. You know what I mean? It's always a gift. It's always a gift. Yes. So y'all have heard me talk about uh, when Russ and I did a discipleship program that mm. rocked our worlds, changed yes. our life. We did that together. And that's yes. where we met. That's right. What an interesting, like when I think back, what an interesting experience. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like I thought about it with the whole revivals going on mm-hmm. at, what university was that again? Oh man, I Asbury? cannot remember. Um, perhaps. Whatever. Something not, not Something important. close, close, yeah. Something. And I was like, we had, we basically had that yes. at CeCe's at house. At CeCe's house, <laughs> pretty much. If y'all know, like multi-Grammy platinum Cece Winans exactly. hosted a bunch of strangers, essentially. For yes. me, I I didn't know her. My brother no. was friends with her son and yeah. just hosted all these people to like come in and experience a move of God. And we all did. There were like 80 of us in her living room yeah. in fold-up chairs. <laughs> yeah. And it was wild. Like, yes. that's wild. Think about that now. And it was such a sweet thing. Now looking back, I'm like, I see why God did what he did. Yes. Because yes. in this climate down here, you're in the Bible Belt, right? Yes. Everyone's a Christian. Yes. Yet. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord bless and bless your heart. <laughs> bless your heart. But like, I personally hadn't experienced a move of the Holy Spirit like that. Never like that before. No. I had, you know, I I grew up Methodist. And Seventh-day Adventist. I know that sounds weird, but my dad has always been a Methodist minister. And my mom, for a time, she's a minister of music. For a time, she joined the Seventh-day Adventist church in order to get paid more on the weekends. I mean, I can't be mad (laughs) at the hustle. So (laughs) we were both. And then at some point, I sang in this community choir in Memphis where everybody else was Church of God in Christ. So I had experienced the Holy Spirit, but not in such a concentrated and take all of the weirdness out of it way. Yes. You know? It was. It was so pure. It was very pure. It was so pure. And I I was always kind of like, yeah, I I believe this stuff. I Uh mean, I grew up Presbyterian. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, I don't like, you know, gifts of the spirit. Where's your interpreter? Like that kind of vibe. Yes, yes, And which is all good and great, you know. And I'll never forget I had... Elderberry was there. Oh, I love Elderberry. Angel man. Angel man. Angel man. And I had been in college with Daniela, uh-huh, our mutual uh-huh. friend. And I'll never forget, we were uh, sophomores in college. And I was like, I don't know what it is. I just know people's motives. And she was like, well, be careful with that. Like, you're judging people. I was like, well, I don't want to do that. So I just ignored. I was like, well, I'm not going to do this because I'm judging people. Wow. 
And they created a space for us to just like walk around, pray for someone. Do you feel like God is saying something? Like allow the spirit of God to say something to yes. you. And just say it. And it was a, a safe place to practice. It was like, hey, if it doesn't register, don't receive it. Don't take it. It was like this safe place. And yes, he walked up to me and was like, <laughs> this was the first person that I had this experience with. And he goes, um, well, God just showed me that you know people's motives. Wow. And he was like, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, you know good from evil. And he goes, but you've stopped using it because you're afraid you're judging people. <laughs> And I was like, chills. What? Like, wait, what? And he goes, stop apologizing for it. God has given you that for your ministry and your calling. Oh, my word. And I was like, okay, all right. Like, and in that moment, I was like, oh, this is, this is real. And, and even still to date, when I still feel like, oh, that's pretty, that's a pretty judgmental thing to think or feel. And I do constantly check myself, obviously, as you should. But a lot of times it is like, oh, Spot wow, on. God, you were protecting us from this or that, or this was our pe- these were our people and these were not. And yeah, you, you absolutely do. need that. Yeah, <laughs> you do. And now I'm like, oh, I was going to marry someone who a lot of people around us are going to have impure motives. That's right. I was just thinking that like you, you absolutely needed that for yeah. your family. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. And the Lord prepared you a decade in advance. Yeah. A decade. And oh Russell Lord. and I were actually broken up when I did the very first one at CC's. There was multiple. We all went back and yes. Russell yeah, went we came back too. <laughs> <laughs> but like the OG crew was only like 30 something yeah. people, wasn't it? Yeah. And I kept bringing friends. They're like, no, this is invite only. And I was like, nope. <laughs> I'm like, they're with me. My life was changed. They're coming. I remember that because it was, <laughs> I just remember after the 80 of us in the living room and the people getting baptized in CC's pool at the mm-hmm. end, it's like, We've got to move this to another place, guys, because whenever, every time we would go through it, because we went through it another time, too, (laughs) and I brought family, I'm like, you guys have got to come see this because this is amazing. It would just get three times bigger because you experience it and you think, I know at least two, three people who would love this. So it magnified every time that many times. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay. I did not know your dad was a pastor. Yes. And then you went to seminary. I did go to seminary. Following in Pop's footsteps over here. And not even on purpose. I think the thing I told God, because I finished, I went to Oberlin College in Ohio. And as I was finishing, I was like, okay, God was, you know, what's the next step? You know, because I, uh, you know, I, I've come to realize I have a touch at least of ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> You're very at home here, but so does my husband. I feel very comfortable with people who have ADHD. Yes. I'll keep us on the on the rails today. Maybe not, Thank though. You. I have a touch, too. I think I've yoked with his ADHD. <laughs> I don't know that I always had it, but I think I do now. Oh, I certainly do. And I, I've come to recognize it. My older brother, John, is probably full on. He, he has not just a touch, but the whole hand. And so I've never thought of my myself as having it. And then I realized like, oh, I do read paragraphs over and over and over again. But anyway, so I was finishing college and I didn't really have a plan. And so I was like, God, what do you want me to do? And he said, I want you to go to seminary. And I literally responded and said, but old guys like my dad go to seminary. (laughs) (laughs) Not I. Not I. I'm fresh out of college. (laughs) A young whippersnapper. He was like, girl, get on over there. So I went. It was it was great, though. It was absolutely great. And is that, so 
we are also team therapy around here. Oh, we, yes. We talk a lot about Porter's Call. Yes. Where you have been involved. Yes. And helped people with their lives. Yeah. Do you want to share what that's like? Did you did you go to more schooling or did you? I got schooling. I got counseling in my Master of Divinity degree. Yes. And um, Porter's Call is an amazing place. I have recently stepped down yeah. from my time there, but we are still in great relationship and um, we have an understanding that I am a resource for them always because yeah. I adore them, the people and the organization. But it it ha- it was amazing. So what was unique about it for me is I sing gospel music, right? Or teach the Bible, but all things on a stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But Porter's Call allowed me to sit down with people one-on-one and listen. Mm. And it's a muscle that an artist doesn't have to uh, work. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's a muscle that an artist does not have to work. Should work still, you know, especially those of us in relationship. But it was life-changing because I realized it's a part of how I realized how to articulate my actual calling. And I am called to be used by God that people might be healed. So if I'm singing, that's the goal. Mm. If I'm teaching, that's the goal. If I'm sitting one-on-one in Porter's Call, that's the goal. And so it was just like realizing, oh, when I would see the light bulb come in, on, come, come on in the person across from me, it felt the same as singing an amazing song on mm. stage. And I was like, I didn't know that would feel the same kind of way. Yeah. Um, But it did. So my time there was awesome. Fell in love with the people I got to work with and all the people I got to um, listen to and journey with. And just an incredible privilege to be able to hear people's stories, honestly. Yeah. So Porter's Call, it's one of those things that I'm like, I just wish everyone on earth could have this. Yes. It's It's a, a dream. Yes. It's an organization here in Nashville that takes care of artists and yes. and um, those who it's their profession to be seen and on a stage yes. essentially. And yeah. um, it's so refreshing for us at least. Cause I think if we went to a regular therapy counseling something, it'd be yes. like, well, your life is this way. And like, yeah. we understand that you're feel like that or this or that because, and they kind of put people on a pedestal. Yeah. It's yeah. easy to do. And not there. It no. was like everyone is on the same. It's like you are first and <laughs> foremost a child of God. Yeah. You are a husband and a wife. That's right. You have a job. Yes, but that right. is not who you are. That's right. And all these different things that are very good yes. for everyone oh, in the yes. spotlight to be told. Yes. And everything about it was has been so healing. We started doing um, the online Zoom stuff in yeah. 2020. Yeah. And... Because I was like, I don't know what Pandora's box we're about to open, and we're gonna we have time at home, so yeah. like, let's do it. That let's was see. brilliant of you. I mean, that's <laughs> let's see. That's pretty brilliant. I don't know how that <laughs> popped into your head. Also, doomsday of me, like that. I'm like, <laughs> like post trauma, like past trauma. That I'm like, what am I about to uncover? Which was truly nothing. Which was so sweet. <laughs> Beth was our is our girl. She's amazing. She She's was my girl. porter before I was a porter too. And I want you to explain what a porter is in a okay. second. Okay, because it's it's amazing. But anyway, I it's my own past trauma for sure. But Beth <laughs> looks at us. She goes, guys. Uh, think you're doing pretty good. <laughs> I was like, you have no idea what a relief that is. I was like, obviously, she's like, I mean, obviously we're going to have, we have stuff to talk about. Yeah. She's like, but overall, I think we're okay here. And I was like, just like such a relief. I was she's like, you, I can tell you've done the work on your own. And yeah. 
And like we say, like everyone doesn't have access to Porter's Call, but you do have access to the yeah. Spirit of God, That's who's right. known as the Counselor. That's right. And nine, 90% of the times I've been called out in my life, it was Holy Spirit as that counselor. It wasn't someone else. No, for real. And he's the best because he's gentle and <laughs> kind, <laughs> non-condemning. Yeah, that's right. That has happened to me where, you know, you go and you're like, okay, Lord, I just want to worship. I just want to be in your presence. <laughs> and he's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> knock, 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 knock. There's this little thing I want to talk to you about. And it's yeah. like, ah, that was the thing. Mm-hmm. That was the thing. But I, yeah, I, I will say that um, what one of the things that makes Porter's Call really unique to me is just how well they understand the industry so that they can speak to things um, based on what the artist is going through and the loved one of the artist. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, that's what makes it unique. So whoever's listening, maybe you don't have a Porter's Call, but Porter's Call is also, you know, you uniquely tuned in to the recording, the the industry of making music. And so if you need counseling, you can still find a good counselor yes. out there. But um, Porter's Call is, yeah, it's just, it's been amazing. They've been in my life for, I want to say eight or nine years. Hmm. Yeah, eight or nine years because Beth was my porter. And a porter is someone, um, it's in the ancient uh, monastic tradition where a porter would greet you at the door and um, help you along your journey. Like travelers would be traveling. They knew they could stop there and be taken care of. So hospitality is important with Mm -hmm. Porter's Call, which is why you walk in and it's beautiful. Yeah. And there are snacks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And and everybody's kind with a smile. Um, And so it is counseling, but because of the unique um, nature of an artist's, a recording artist's life, we often can't, operate with a Tennessee licensure, right? Because sometimes a porter will come get coffee with you, which you couldn't do really as a counselor. So that's what makes Porter's Call unique is that they have found a space to operate within that they are still held accountable, but it's really tailored to the life of a recording artist and their families. Yeah. And when Beth was explaining a porter to me, she was like, they also gave people directions. That's right. And which I really appreciate. I think I'd get annoyed sitting in a counseling session that was like, and how did that make you feel? And what does that make you think about yourself? And what? It, and I'm like, just tell me what you already know. Like, you know, and, and I think. Am I codependent? Or yeah, what? Just, can we just cut to the chase here? Uh, so I really appreciate things are just so much quicker. And it is a nonprofit, which is also really important to, yes. to state. So yeah. it's a nonprofit. So it's it's donation, right? Is it nonprofit? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. donation based. Yeah. So they can help artists who don't have the money to go. That's right. And it's they, free to everybody. Yeah. So yeah. in that space, I'm like, wow, they're not wasting our time trying to make more money. No. <laughs> you know? And that, which is really important for people who, um, you know, have to trade vulnerability for money. Mm. Um, which is what a recording artist does Mm. or any kind of artist, they have to trade vulnerability for money. And so it's like, let's not make that exchange here because that's that's going to shut you down or cause you to perform. Yeah. And neither of those things will get you where you want to (laughs) go. I would love for you to give us like, you know, if say someone can't afford therapy or Uh just the most basic tools that you have found that like on just a daily level that you find yourself using. Yes, I would say, well, one prayer, mm. because I'm going to, I'm going to, 
you're going to take this into prayer to prayer time. And when I say prayer time, I don't mean like some ugly, boogly, weird thing. Right? You know, <laughs> right. like it doesn't have to be that prayer is conversation with the Lord. And so go into conversation with the Lord, however you would go into conversation with the person that you're most comfortable with. I would say that first. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I do, even like today, yesterday, all day, <laughs> is I consider the memories that are popping up. Like if I am, that are circling in my mind, mm-hmm. right? If something is bothering me or I'm feeling like, oh, there's something stirring. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when you feel like I'm not I'm not just at peace. Not that yeah. I never have peace, but there's some things to deal with. I consider the memories that circle in my head and heart, the things that keep coming up that I'm remembering in the last weeks or months or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's usually those memories that the Lord is like, hey, let's talk about that or let's talk about a piece of that. Um, Because some people have gone to counseling and they think, oh, I've dealt with that. But then they're like, wait a minute, this memory of this event keeps coming up. And you just take that into prayer and say, Lord, what about this memory do you want to talk about? Hmm. What am I missing? Where am I unhealed? Where have I not forgiven? Mm-hmm. Where um, where am I hurt? Where am I receiving a message that's not in line with what you would tell me? And that's usually where I go personally and where I would have somebody go. Like if you're not in counseling, think about the memories that are top five memories in your mind right now. And those are the usually the ones that you're probably operating out of and you don't realize it. Ooh. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, explain, explain. Like, I was thinking about this childhood memory was circling. And I was like, Lord, what do you want to tell me? Because I've talked about this memory in counseling. And, you know, I'm pretty sure the other players involved don't remember it. So what do you want to tell me? And there was just a core sentence that... um I ended up realizing, and I realized it was triggered by seeing some family members do something together that I wasn't invited to. Now, I wasn't like disinvited. It's just yeah. I wasn't invited, right? And it's it's a normal thing. It's not like, hey, I normally go on that trip. But it was like, huh, felt kind of left out there. And then that memory started circling. And the Lord was like, you feel like you have to pursue every relationship and people don't pursue you. And let's deal with that because that also can turn into a little bit of rejection. So let's talk about that. And that's what we did. And that's what I mean is that this particular memory was just me not being cared for in a way that kids should be cared for um, and me not being looked out for and kind of just being left on my own. Mm. And I realized the sentence was, oh, you're not valuable enough to pursue. You're not valuable enough to really be mindful of. And I thought, I didn't know that was circling in my head and heart. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I, that's what I mean by check out the memory, take it into prayer and see what's there. Because it's like, oh, have I been extra offendable lately? Right. Just because that thing is circling. And so that's how we dealt with it. Hey, y'all, I want to interrupt this conversation real quick to share with you about one of our awesome sponsors, Modern Fertility. 
I haven't always been great about planning ahead. We're last-minute trip bookers and last-second packers. We aren't exactly the five-year plan type. But when it came to kids, I did have a plan. I just didn't know how to plan for what I didn't know. I didn't want to wait for the right time just to find out we were going to have to wait for other reasons. So that's where Modern Fertility comes into the picture. They've created a simple, affordable, and incredibly convenient way to understand your fertility hormones from the comfort of your home. With Modern Fertility, all it takes is a quick finger prick, then you'll mail it in using their prepaid label, and just within six business days, you'll receive your personalized results. These results give you valuable insights into your hormone levels, and it tells you if you have more or fewer eggs than the average for your age, along with other crucial factors affecting your fertility. The best part, Modern Fertility dives deep into what each hormone means. Oh, and one more thing. You can often get reimbursed for the test through your FSA or HSA. It is a win-win. Traditional hormone testing at a fertility clinic can cost over $600, but Modern Fertility tests the same hormones for only $179. And guess what? You can save even more. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash Kaylee. That means your test will cost $159, which is a fraction of what it would cost at a fertility clinic. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash Kaylee modernfertility.com slash Kaylee. Hey there, my people. Let's talk about children's vitamins. Most of them are nothing but candy in disguise, packed with sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and gummy junk that I always wondered if it was actually beneficial to my kid. That's where Haya was created. The pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin is a game-changer in kids' nutrition. Haya fills the gaps in modern children's diets, providing the full-body nourishment our kids need. It's formulated with the guidance of nutritional experts and packed with 12 organic fruits and veggies. But here's the magic. It's supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including vitamin D, B12, C, zinc, folate, and so many more. It supports immunity, energy, brain function, mood, concentration, teeth, bones, and more. Haya is the real deal. Non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, and everything else you can imagine. It's designed with kids of all ages in mind. Remy is obsessed with Haya. They are not just vitamins. They are his daily treat. It is truly the first thing he asks for every single morning, and I have to tell him he cannot have more than he's supposed to have every single morning. And let's not forget the stickers that come with the first order is a fun little bonus for the little ones. Remy points at the bottle every morning and says, it's my name. It is adorable. So if you want your kids to enjoy their vitamins while staying healthy, check out Haya. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash Coffee with Kaylee. This deal is not available on their regular website, so go to Haya, H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash coffee with Kaylee and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. I think that's such a relatable thing. Like everyone has had a memory at some point of not being invited. That's right. And especially, like I can't imagine how kids in high school and all that are dealing with you no. they're seeing it real time that's right i didn't find out what everyone did until monday right that's you know? right like you're, they're seeing pictures from the party right real now time. yeah which honestly i probably would appreciate because like i always tried to which we can dive into but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i would i would try and hide that it would hurt my feelings 
And so if I had a heads up, yeah, that I, I I could have like dealt with it, yes, on my own privately, yes, and yes. then been quote unquote unbothered in real life, even <laughs> though I was so bothered, so bothered, yeah. so bothered. Mm-hmm. But what do you? What would you say to people who feel that rejection or not pursuit? Like how? What did mm. the Lord say that helped? I think He reminded me. Well, He did remind me that He has pursued me since I was since before I was even aware that he was that I was with him right before mm-hmm. I heard his call and responded because I remember being at the like the tent revival summertime in a school auditorium slack not a tent but you know it was still yeah. called tent revival because it was summertime and I was I did not want to go and my mother was playing the piano and I was like fine I'll go (laughs) sitting there like all the way in the back Mm. because I didn't want to be bothered because I was probably like 11. I was just like, when will this be over? Hurry up. (laughs) But then as the preacher was preaching and he was saying, God loves you. He loves you and he wants to be in relationship with you. And if you want to be in a relationship with, with him too, come on down. And I mean, I don't even remember walking. I felt like I floated like oh, a yeah. video game character from the nineties. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, cause now they walk and run and do all the things. But Not the when time. I was playing super Nintendo, they floated, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I just yeah. floated on down there. Like I desperately want that. But even before that, the Lord was saying, I pursued you. I led you up to that point And you don't have to worry about anybody else pursuing you because I have more than anybody else has to give. Mm. I've got more love. I've got more grace. I've got more mercy. I've got more of everything. And your options on earth are always going to be limited and imperfect. Every person is going to be limited and imperfect. But if you rely on me to pursue you, if you rely on my love, you will not be disappointed. Mm. Oh, and then that just gives people the grace to That's be right. imperfect yeah. and mess up. And a lot of people, we've had the same friend groups. You know, we've all had the same friends yes. for now 10-something years. <laughs> no, no friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, but because, like, I'm not saying we're great friends or they're the best friends ever. I mean, they yeah. are. Yeah. Honestly, You've got a are. pretty great friend yeah, group. Yeah, pretty great. <laughs> but, like, overall, no one's perfect. We've all messed up. Yeah. But I we all have the grace for it. And I I think it was maybe Bill Johnson. Someone someone was talking about how they're like, I can afford it. Someone was rude to them in line. Was it Bill Johnson? Do you know this story? I don't, but that sounds so good. And someone was rude to them and um the people with them was like, Are you gonna like take that essentially? And he goes, I can afford it. <laughs> and it was whatever you're full of is what the overflow when someone bumps into you, right? Like if you're That's a full right. pitcher of whatever it is. If it's grace, that's right. grace will splash out. That's right. And if it is bitterness, bitterness, bitterness will splash out. That's right. And he was like, I can afford it. That's right. I, I know I'm loved. I know this line has no dictation of who I am, my value, my worth, how long I'm here. Does not matter. That's right. You know, and it was like, I can afford it. And I... Whew. That rocked me, and I tr- I carry it all always. Yes. You do have to explain it because people are like, "What do you mean you can afford?" It? <laughs> You're like, "What?" Yes, but you can. You can. I am curious your take on hard relationships. Yeah, and I've said if you are in a toxic relationship or you're in a relationship where they apologize and then continue to do the same 
thing. Obviously, like we're not talking marriage here. We're talking like yeah. friendships or, you know, or long-term dating or something. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, I'm like, seek counsel, get, get a yeah. counselor. We have one here. <laughs> so what would you say in hard, really hard relationships? Is there, when do you move on? When do you stick it out? When, like, what is, what would you say to our friends? I would say that imperfection is different from abuse. Mm -hmm. First of all, everybody's imperfect. And so we'll experience the imperfection of one another, right? But not everybody is abusive. Right. And we tend to think of abuse as this violent and physical thing. But abuse can be emotional. It can be verbal. Um, and it has a lot to do with the power dynamic. And so, which can get complicated when you think about friendships and things like, where's the power dynamic? It's sometimes people don't have power over you, but sometimes you give power to Mm. someone else in relationship, right? Like, where do you want to go? Well, maybe I always let them make the decisions or I always go based on their preferences and that's giving power away. And it does create a power dynamic in the relationship where, you kind of place yourself um, in a place to maybe they're not to maybe be taken advantage of. I'll yeah. put it that way. Like you're always catering to always them. catering to them. And so I would say in a toxic relationship, I, I would say for any relationship, abuse is not OK. Right? right. Toxicity is not OK. Imagine. I mean, would you take a little small dose of toxicity with every meal? Like, mm. would you take a little bit of mercury with breakfast, lunch, and dinner? It's like, no, like, right. We're, we're getting out of toxic situations because we've been made in the image of God and he has a standard for how we are related to, and it's not perfection, but it is certainly with respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I remember, oh, man, because it took me so long to learn this, honestly, so very long. And I was in relationships that were just not healthy and very toxic when I was younger and in my 20s before I married EJ, the best guy guy in the world. Yes. He's so awesome. I know. And I had known him since 15, so I should have had a clue earlier (laughs) than that. But I didn't. That's okay. We're here now. But I remember being in a relationship where my dad was communicating to me. I don't think you're being respected and it hurt. It hurts to watch. And so eventually it was those kind and gentle, like he never overstepped. He never, I think one time he said, and this is going to like hit hard, but I was in a relationship and it was so very toxic, Kaylee. I mean, I can't even explain it to you all. We don't even have the time, but I was honest with my dad. So the first thing is be honest with somebody Mm about what's happening in the relationship and get the honest response from your community. Because if your community is like, this feels off, yeah, then begin to take small steps to hear that. But I remember my dad said to me, he said, do you know why we call a dog a man's best friend? And I was like, no, but I think you're going to tell me. (laughs) He was like, because you can do whatever you want to to a dog. And they'll still come back for more. Hmm. And he was like, I fear that you're not being treated well and you're taking anything. Wow. And you keep coming back for more. And girl, I was like, well, I got to get out of this. Preach it, Reverend. Preach (laughs) Preach it, it, Reverend. Wow. Yes. And so, I mean, it. but it was my ability to 
have a person mm-hmm. to be vulnerable with and say, I'm, I am sad today because we had this conversation or I am sad today because of this. And he was honest back. And not too long after that, that relationship was over. Wow. I'm, and it needed to be. <laughs> I love that it was your dad. It was like, my dad. I love that. And imagine, I know it had to hurt him. You know what I mean? He didn't know what the result was going to be. He was like, I just got to be honest with yeah. this woman. like, Because she needs to know this is not what we prayed for for right. you. <laughs> and that that was happening for me in my former relationship, too, and There was a lot of, and I've said it on here before, if you ever say, well, they don't know them like I do, or they don't know their potential like I do. That's right. Those are some tip-offs to it not being great. (sighs) That's right. Not one person came up to me with Russell being like, we're concerned. That's right. Same with EJ. Yeah, like when it's good. Everybody can see. Yeah, and everyone, when you're in the relationship, you're so emotionally attached that you can't see Clearly. Yeah, and if right. you add in any level of physical that's intimacy, right. that's you right. are not going to see. That's right. You are Completely. blind. You are flying blind, my that's friend. Right. That's right. And that, that's one of the reasons I think God says what he says yeah. about like purity in relationship before that's marriage right. because yeah. you're making the biggest decision of your life. That's right. And you got to see clear. That's And you cannot oh my word. see clear when you have all these different forms of attachment. It's that's enough right. to just have the emotional attachment. That's right. And... It's hard. You just can't. And so the people outside of your relationship, the people not making out with the guy are the (laughs) ones who are going to tell you something's off. And I had friends do that. And I, but I remember thinking, but you don't know him like I do. Yeah. I did. I say all that because I did all that. That's right. Same here. And then finally saw clearly and all the rest is history. Thank God. Thank God. He did, he's great for someone, but not for me. That's right. Lord bless him, but you can keep him. That's right. You know? And you you and somebody else can keep him, Lord, because <laughs> yeah, I don't want him. <laughs> it ain't going to be me. It ain't going to be oh, me. Oh, that's so good. It ain't going to be me. That's okay, right. I do want to get to you and AJ's love story because okay. it is so cute. I also need to plug their podcast right now. Thank because you. Because the gain's not Chip and Joanna. Okay, just to <laughs> clarify. I brought it up the other day with Becca on the podcast. And she yeah. was, I said, I'm having uh, something. I was listening to the Gaines podcast and she goes, Chip, you're having J- the Gaines? <laughs> like Chip and Joanna on here? I was like, no, EJ and Janice. And she was like, even better. <laughs> you're a fan favorite. Thank you. Of the friend crew. Thank um, you. Yeah, it's called Only Gaines. Yes. And we just talk about our marriage, our life. Yes. Um, our love story, all the lessons we've learned in life and how we love God. It's just us. Yeah. It's Kathleen. so awesome. I honestly was like, will she please sing on my podcast too? Like, <laughs> Wait, like, did I sing somewhere? Well, I you sing? would just like, you would do like a little run, like a, a revelation. Like, you know, I'm not going to do it. I will not take the bait. I, won't I will do sing it. for you, Kaylee, if you want me to sing <laughs> Russ, for you. That's hilarious. Well, Russ, that's what Russ does. I was saying how much. Janice is like Russell and EJ and I are like, this is like so funny because, <laughs> you know, you'll have some moment and you just spontaneously start singing on the podcast yes. and it blesses the rest of us. And Russ does the exact same thing on his episode. He's, he starts singing uh, Trace Atkins. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, it's keep not going. public domain. We're going to have to pay for this. <laughs> 
Yeah, we'll have to work out those logistics <laughs> later. Right, right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, yes, y'all are just so similar. He's also an Enneagram 3, <laughs> which I feel very seen and known EJ in these episodes. Is. I'm like, wow, I, EJ, I really see you. I really see you. How does it feel to be holding life together for your entire family? <laughs> I, I feel that yes. on a spiritual level as yes. the person who's going home after this to pack everything to bus out tonight. That's right. Russell will not have packed no. a darn thing. Not for himself. No. He does. He does end up packing for himself. But I'm like, honey, the bus is here. It's time. Do you have, do you have stuff? <laughs> hey, guys, just jumping in real quick to share with you about one of our incredible podcast sponsors, Crew. I hope you've had as much fun as I have hearing all the ways the Lord has moved in my friends' and family's lives through these episodes. I'm really thankful for my relationship with Jesus and the way He has transformed my life and so many others. But right now, I want to talk about sharing that hope and joy with others through the work Crew is doing. Crew's missionaries are on a mission of love and reaching nearly every corner of our world. They're bringing people closer to Jesus, making a real impact. But there's one crucial element that they still need. Bibles in local languages of those that they serve. Let me share a sweet message from one of their missionaries. We found so many people reading their Bibles, so please continue praying for us. We still need more Bibles to distribute. So friends, let's come together and meet this need. It is wild what a small act of kindness could do in someone's life. For only $21 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $21, as a thank you, Crew will provide 15 meals to hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive one of my very own Coffee with Kaylee mugs as a thank you. Simply text Kaylee to 71326 to help today. Imagine how much this gift could change someone's life. So text Kaylee to 71326. That's K-A-I-L-E-Y to 71326 to help now or visit give.crew.org slash Kaylee. Message and data rates may apply. Available to U.S. addresses only. I have come to realize, you know, and Russell, Russell is so, um, he's such a healthy version of himself that he, it, oftentimes when you find this combo where it's the woman who's got it together and keeping everything together and the guy who's like fly by the seat of their pants, like sometimes that creates friction. Because yeah. I tell EJ all the time, like, oh, I'm happy to do anything you tell me to do because I know it's probably going to be the right thing to do. Yeah. But I don't know many men who are cool with like listening to their wives yeah. like you should do this. So I love that yours, you guys, it works. <laughs> it does. It does. And it's a great responsibility to be trusted that much. It, it really is. is. You're like, wow. But that's where I'm really thankful for, yeah. you know, that discernment and yes. this and that from the, I'm like, okay. And he trusts me yes. completely. And and then we have to learn there are seasons where we grow up and we realize, wait, just just do that on your own and don't bring it to your yeah. spouse because then they're going to take responsibility <laughs> for it. Well, and I, there's, there's plenty <laughs> he keeps on the rails. It's, yes. it, we just have a great division of the workload, exactly. you know? Exactly. When it comes to anything exterior on our house, that's all him. That's right. That um, is just... Uh, taking out the trash. I retired the minute I got married. I was like, (laughs) nope, my house, when he has been gone, you can tell. I'm like, I'm not carrying all that out there. (laughs) That is a lot of trash. I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, nope, you take the trash out before you leave because this girl apparently is helpless when you're gone. (laughs) I feel that way about um, flights and travel. Like, I'm I'm a baby. Like, EJ will still, (laughs) like, I have to travel in August and it's 
my job, my trip. And he still booked it for me. Yep. He still did. I'm like, I'm so spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, though. See, we're, there's hope, guys. If you're in a relationship that everyone around you is like, please, please leave this guy in the dust. Like, There's somebody better. There's somebody. Yeah. Okay, so you yeah. and EJ... It's so freaking cute. You were like <laughs> high school sweethearts, essentially, but you didn't get together in high school. Right. So we were 15 when we met at, okay, and it's going to be funny, but it's okay. It's a math and science program. A lot of people <laughs> like to say math and science camp, whatever. Whatever. But we were nerds and we liked math and science and we did it well. And so we went to this program and it was in Massachusetts. So EJ's from Chicago and I'm from Memphis and it was like a scholarship program to go to Phillips Academy in Andover, Massachusetts for six weeks for three consecutive summers. So the summer after our uh, 9th, 10th and 11th grade. So 15, 16 and 17. And so we met there and just became like the best of friends. Mm -hmm. And um, I just thought like, I mean, this guy is he's awesome. But I also thought like, you don't date your best friend because then if it doesn't work, you know. Yeah. You don't have a best friend. high risk, <laughs> high, high risk. risk, high reward, hey. but also high loss. That's right, and because a lot, most of the relationships around me and close to me had ended in loss and divorce. I just thought, you know, like, yeah, no, let's just be best friends. I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but yeah. you know, let's be best friends. And he pursued me for years. And he's <laughs> right. Um, I'll just leave it there because <laughs> he's not here, so I get to tell the story. <laughs> And he pursued me for years. And um, eventually, I think I was dating this guy who was not awesome. And but I Same thought, not awesome or different not awesome? Same not awesome. Okay, same not awesome. But I thought at one point, like, well, I guess the next step is marriage. And my whole community was like, oh, Lord, please no. <laughs> but I thought if that's going to be the case, it's inappropriate because EJ and I were like very close. I I would tell him anything. Like, he knew yeah. all my business. Like, yeah. all my business. And I knew all his. And so, um, so I remember telling him, like, hey, I might be marrying this guy. And if I do, like, it would be inappropriate for us to be this close. So we should maybe probably start setting up boundaries, which is hilarious considering <laughs> I wasn't setting boundaries with the actual crazy person that I was dating. <laughs> oh, the irony. Yes. Oh, the irony. Yeah. So then he's like, fine. That's fine with me. The Lord showed me you were an idol anyway. I'm out. <laughs> we could be like wow. regular friends. And then I was like, it started to occur to me in the weeks after that, like, wait a minute. I don't want to not be friends with EJ in order to be with this guy. Like this guy's, he doesn't fill the friend space nearly enough in order for me to leave EJ behind and choose mm -hmm. him. So that was pretty much the beginning of the end. Like, oh, no, I don't like him enough to not be friends with my, like, wow. friend, friend. And so then I decided I had broken up with a guy and I was, uh, it was Christmas break coming up. And I was, uh, I was headed to my dad's house and I thought, I'll just grieve this relationship at my dad's house. Just be done with it forever. Like, because I had already made the decision, but I knew the detaching is going to be painful there will be tears and that's fine. So I did. I grieved at my dad's house, a safe place that Christmas. And then I was traveling the next month. I realized, you know, I need to be with a friend who knows me and I know them and they know, they've known me for a long time. And that was my friend Cha. Chanetta. She lives in D.C. now, but she was in Jersey then. 
because she was finishing her PhD at Rutgers. Very, very smart woman. Right. But she was also at this math and science camp, right? (laughs) So this is a lot of superstars came out of this math and science. (laughs) She's certainly a superstar. So we um that was she was our mutual friend and I was like, Cha just want to visit you and hang out with you for a weekend, just be with somebody um who I love and who loves me and she's just my friend. Um, and so she said, yeah, come visit me. I can't wait. We're going to have so much fun. She said, here's the catch. I have a class for a certain amount of time that Saturday. So I've asked, and back then we called EJ Beanie. <laughs> I am now calling him Beanie from That's right. forever. Because <laughs> For forever. My, our nieces and nephews, like, they didn't know his name was EJ. They was just <laughs> Beanie. <laughs> See him at church on Sunday. What's up, Beanie? That's right. He's my guy. He's going to laugh. (laughs) So she was like, Beanie has to like, I have class. So can Beanie pick you up from the airport? And can you hang out with him Saturday morning until dinner time? You guys will meet me in the city in Manhattan and we'll trade off there. And then I'll take you back to Jersey with me. And I was like, totally fine. Well, Beanie came to pick me up from the airport and it was just like all the butterflies all over again for both of us. We spent the entire day together. It was the best day ever. And it's like a rom-com. You're running around New York City. Totally. So totally cute. watching Dream Girls, the movie. Like, <laughs> and like listening to music and yes. hanging out. And then he um we took a train ride into the city. And somehow by the end of that train ride, we were together. But we knew we wow. couldn't tell Chai yet because she was like, I'm tired of y'all back and forth. And so, <laughs> you know fair, what? So we were like, we'll just keep it a secret for now and see what the Lord is doing. But pretty much by the end of that train ride, we were together. Um, and so that was in January. And by April, I was visiting him in New York and thinking about moving there because we we knew right away this is like forever. So let's just think about how we do forever. And so then I moved to New York and lived in a janky studio apartment (laughs) for a while till we got married and then we moved somewhere together. So sweet. Yeah. Like, and how long were you in New York married? I want to say married maybe a year because I I was there for a whole year um, teaching before we were married and then we were there for another year. Love, it was crazy. I love that you said he he was like, yeah, the Lord told me you were an idol anyway. And yes. I think that's true. <laughs> like, I am like hearing you say that. I'm like, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. definitely had that with Russell mm-hmm. because I had felt like the Lord told me it was him. Yeah. Before he was aware. That's right. And we ended up breaking up. That's right. And you're like, wait yeah. a minute. Yeah. And I was like, wait a second. And that's when we went through. That's when we met and became mm-hmm. friends when Russell yep. and I were broken up. Yeah. An idol can be something good. An idol can be something good. It's just in its improper place. That's right. And I had put him above everything. I was making sacrifices for friendships and all these different things to make it work. Because I think I could feel him slip. And I was like, right before we broke up especially, I was like, he's checked out. Mm -hmm. And then I almost grabbed harder. Mm -hmm. And that just like squeezed him right out of my hands. That's right. You know? Mm -hmm. And in that time... That's when the Lord was like, do you need to hear it from him or do you need to hear it from me? And I was like, just just from you. And I just like let it go. And I was like, I just want your best for me. If it's not him, I do want you to take it. I really mean that. That's right. It was actually a woman at the church we were at at the time. Yeah. Prayed over me and she said, I see a door in front of you closing. And I knew it was Russell. Mm -hmm. But I also knew that the Lord had 
shown me it was him. So I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Mm. And she said, but there's a door behind you that is opening that you need to walk through. And I knew it was something with like ministry and the Lord. Wow. And I was like, okay. And she said, the Lord is holding the first door shut. Like the angels are holding it shut until it can be fully appreciated. Woo. And Chills. I was like, I was like, okay, I don't know what this means. And then I think he broke up with me like a week later. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right. And then my brother was like, hey, Alvin's doing this thing at his house. Do you want to come with me? And I never would have said yes if we were together. Really? Yeah, because he was already touring. Wow. And so we, I would have been like, no, that many nights in a row, I, I need to see Russell when he's home. And I, I literally, I wouldn't have gone. Oh, my word. And I, I, went, just... I went completely alone. And the Lord met me there and was like, I am enough. And I was like, who are you ever? And I was rocked, rocked. So that when I came back out of that, I was different too. Yes. Like I can be like, Russell was silly and he wanted to chase down all these dreams and thought he was going to marry Taylor Swift or something, mm-hmm. you know? Like, <laughs> good luck. Go get her, you know? Love, Lord bless her. We love her. We love Taylor. Um, mm-hmm. But not, not obviously not Russell's person because I am. Like, I'm yes. sorry he's taken. Yes. Um, but <laughs> I needed it too. Like it yeah. wasn't just him. And I became a different person in the best way. Like I... My security was set. That's right. I wasn't looking for someone else to give me security. That's I had it. it. That's and it. my ambitions were like, I just want to do what you want me to do. I don't care what it looks like. You know, and everything wow. changed. And that's when I learned about praying in the spirit and all these yes. different things. And I was like, well, I'll just give it a go. See what's going on. I'd like put on music so I couldn't hear myself pray. Yeah. <laughs> all this I stuff. know. You know, I told you, grew up Presbyterian, you know, yes. like, I don't know about all this. And then, but I kept praying. I was just so tired of praying the same prayer. Like, God, yes. if it's your will, bring him back. If not, keep mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And I was just so tired. I was like, fine, I guess I'll just pray. Just pray. I'll just yeah. let out utterances that nothing makes any sense. And I was like, sure, I'll go for it. <laughs> we'll see. And I woke myself up doing it in my sleep one night. And I was like, oh, this is real. I'm like actually interceding on something. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is intercession. Like yes. this is going in. I was like, all right. Okay. All right. This makes no sense. Ain't that like you yes. to make us do something that makes no sense. Like yes. let's humble ourselves completely. Yeah. And so we got back together and he'll, he'll even say, he was like, you were a different person. Like all my insecurity, like insecurity yeah. is not, it ain't cute. It's not cute. Insecurity. And it's cute. not hidden. It's kind of like, you know. I've I've been several sizes in life. And when you gain weight and you want to put on the, the looser things, yeah. it's like, honey, you're not fooling anybody, girl. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and put on clothes that fit. Yeah, right. <laughs> because everybody can see it. Yeah. Everybody can mm-hmm. see those insecurities. And it's not, nobody has to be ashamed, but it's like, go ahead and bring those to the Lord. Mm-hmm. I, the one thing that plays in my mind oftentimes when I think about my insecurities and how I want to let them go as I learn of them, right, was I was watching this Oprah show one time. Mm. And it was after Michael Jackson had passed. And so she was interviewing his mother, Katherine Jackson. Mm. And, you know, I feel like at least from the viewer standpoint, Oprah and Michael Jackson had had a weird relationship in the sense that she would ask him things that he didn't want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And it was just awkward sometimes, <laughs> yeah. right? 
And there was, and he had always denied having any plastic surgery. And it's like, right, right just like in the 90s, <laughs> black it, girls dude. didn't talk about the wigs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. We're doing it. We're doing it. We're talking it. about it's it. It's 2023, <laughs> you know. So she's interviewing Katherine Jackson. And she says, "What?" because they had started to talk about the things that you can tell were changed on his mm. body once he had passed. Because somebody leaked it, of course. How rude. But she said, well, now we know that all those, he had gotten all those things done. So what do you say to that? Why would he lie to us? And Katherine Jackson, with the brilliance and the calmness and the kindness and gentility of a mom, mm. she just goes, well, he was embarrassed. Mm. And it took all of the venom, any potential venom, out of the moment. Because wow. it's like... We all know what that feels like. At the end yeah. of the day, we all know what it feels like to be embarrassed. We all know what it feels like to worry if we're being accepted, to feel like we don't belong. Everything anybody can feel insecure about, we have all felt it. Yeah. And it's this, we have this idea that we get to call people out on their insecurities, and which then doubles back on us because then we feel like, we can't let anybody see our insecurities or they might be called out. But the reality is we will all for at for the rest of our lives be grappling with something that forces us to remember that we are made in the image of God and we are completely accepted. We are completely loved. We have been found. We have been pursued. Mm-hmm. We um, we have been lavished with grace so we can afford to spend grace on others. And all these things that life kind of chips away at and we have to use spiritual disciplines like prayer and worship and um, reading the word in order to remember. I mean, the word remember is in the Bible so Mm -hmm. many times because God knew we would be prone to forget. But it's just like we all have the opportunity to remember again and again. And if that's the case, we can take it easy on others and we can take it easy on ourselves, you know? You better preach. <laughs> Reverend Mrs. Gaines. <laughs> and not, I'm like, that's the mic drop. I think our episode is done. I think there's nothing else to say after one of the most concise, freeing. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> but it is, it's real, though, it's right? It's true. It's true. I, I remember seeing some interview that Megan Fox was talking about all of her insecurities about yeah. her body. And yes. I was like, Excuse me, ma'am. You have some? (laughs) Yeah, like how? And I think it was just a sobering reminder. Like, it doesn't matter who you are. That's right. It does not matter how you look. We've all got it. We've all got it. And we've all just got to be kind to ourselves. That's right. And to each other. That's right. And for us believers, it is not an eye for an eye because we can afford it. That's right. right. We don't need a pound of flesh. A pound of flesh has been given Mm. once and for all. Amen. Thank Amen. you. We're ending on that. Wow. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thank you. You for are just me. such a treasure. You really so are. are you. I love you and I your husband you. so much. We love you guys. Uh, so let's go very have much. a double date. We shall. Let's do it. <laughs> Janice Gaines, everybody, what a gift that that woman is. If you loved learning from her like I do, go ahead and listen to her podcast with her husband, EJ, called Only Gaines. 
Next week, we have one of my besties, McKenna, on the podcast. She is newly engaged, and her story of waiting for God's person for her is just so wonderful, and I cannot wait for y'all to hear all the sweet wisdom that this girl has got. So we'll talk to you next week.